Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got to be so confident. In this episode, I Skype with artist and Pilates instructor Juliana Zarzicki. We chat about how confidence can manifest as patience and thoughtfulness, learning how to build a relationship to yourself and why that's important, cultivating resilience, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Juliana Zarzicki. Hey, Juliana. Hey, Rebecca. How's it going? Going pretty good. Well, thanks for doing this with me. Um, my first, oh, I'm also going to be taking notes during this. So if you see my little pen going, that is why. <clears throat> do yeah. Okay, my first question is, do you consider yourself a confident person? Uh, short answer, yes. Um, it's easy for me to see why people would think that I'm confident. Um, but I, I feel like um, I don't necessarily walk through the world being like, yeah, I'm a confident bitch. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that like as a kid you still had this confidence or is this something that you've kind of cultivated in adulthood? Well, the conf- my confidence has definitely changed and evolved over time, but I was always an outspoken young little person. Okay. Yeah. I like a little spitfire, Juliana. Did you get that from like your family? I'm not sure like what, who in your family you grew up with, like what your family dynamic was. Um, but do you feel like confidence was instilled by them or was it something you sort of found on your own as a kid? Well, I, I think some of it was just kind of the magic of what we're born with to a certain extent. Um, I don't necessarily have a lot of memories of like, well, this is something that my family did that really instilled confidence in me. But I do think just being raised with a sense of worthiness, Mm. um, a seedling for confidence for sure. Um, and, uh, but I don't know that like trying to raise girls with confidence was on my parents' minds yeah. or something. I don't know that it was something active that they thought about. And, um, like my older sister, who's just two years older than me, was always very shy and quiet. So I, I though I do see us both, um, displaying confidence in our lives that I'm sure was kind of instilled, like I said, from that sense of, of worthiness of like, of, of worthiness and of, um, capability mm. that, I want to say that my mom was kind of the the um, instigator of this sense of worthiness in me, and my dad was this instigator of, like, competence is very important. And that's something he did want his two young girls to have. Like, you got to know how to make things and do things. Right. How did your mom cultivate worthiness in you, would you say? Well, um, being very open and loving, as simple as that is yeah. – um, and then also, gosh, I don't know how this relates to worthiness maybe, but I'll just kind of ramble since it popped to my head um, of like, uh, my mother's always been, I've always admired, <laughs> admired, <laughs> admired my mother's um, ability to be vulnerable with my sister and I and to speak to her potential inadequacies. These are my air quotes that you can't see. Um, and uh, failures, quote unquote, or, or places in her own life where she has stumbled and being a young person who loved my mother and admired her and thought she was, you know, the sun and the moon to hear early on about, uh, perceived failures or shortcomings of her own that she 
was able to kind of hold in stride or speak about um, with love towards herself in that those stories, I think instilled a sense in me that there is room to make mistakes and still be worthy. That's such a wonderful lesson in, you know, in sort of what, what beauty can come of failing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I often am very, look back with so much gratitude that my mom did that. I don't know how, you know, I don't, again, I don't know how conscientious she was of how important that was going to be for us, but it really was a gift yeah. and is a gift. She yeah. used to, continues to interact with me that way. Do you, can you remember any time in your childhood where you, um, quote unquote failed or had like a sense of self doubt? A lot of people, when I've, I've been doing these interviews spoke on like the time of middle school being like specifically hard for them and like them having this sense of like freedom and um confidence and joy as a kid then hitting middle school and being like oh my god like just something happening and then kind of having to regain it in high school and college and adulthood do you have anything like that um yeah I mean I can identify with that uh that life arc (laughs) to a certain extent for sure um you know as we're talking it's occurring to me that I do think um, my background in in theater and my interest in being uh, being a person that performed is a through line that's been with me even through those phases that you're talking about. So from the time that I can remember, I was putting on plays with all the neighborhood kids and I was instigating it. I'm like, you know, getting them all together and you're going to play this character and you're going to play this character and here we go and we're going to get the adults and we're going to impress them and we're going to put on these things. And then in middle school, definitely took a dip in my confidence and uh, I got quieter in my personality. But um, there was always this little element of moments where I was either welcomed or asked to perform or, you know, even in middle school plays or something. I, uh, I went to a very liberal elementary school, so I felt really like... Um, open and free to play and explore and be creative. And then I ended up going to a super conservative middle school. It was a very strange move for me. Um, And so there wasn't a lot of creativity, but even every memory that I have of confidence in that school is linked to the, the day when we did like performances or the day that we got to do a talent show or something like that. And that's where I would always kind of brighten up and, and want to jump in and participate. And even though I definitely felt myself being tamped down as far as my confidence in a social group or um, my confidence as to where I fit with the cool girls in middle school, which was to say not did not fit perfectly with them. Mm-hmm. But um, even as that those levels of my confidence were dropping in that phase of my life. I never let go of that desire to be on stage or to perform or to communicate. And so that was always a through line. And that doesn't surprise me that after that um, kind of more conservative middle school, I was really keen to go to the more performing arts high school. So that's what I did. I didn't, I didn't know you went to performing arts high school. That's so cool. Well, it it was just a public school, but they had a, emphasis on the performing arts and that and I knew it and so everyone from my kind of conservative middle school went to the catholic high school but the private catholic high school got it and I was one person who was like nope I gotta I heard there's a great acting teacher at this public school that's where I'm going and then from there did you study theater in college you did right 
Yes. And did you experience anything in high school and college years that uh, helped you with confidence? Oh yeah. I mean, all that acting work is, yeah. I, I just, I've, I've always said like, gosh, I wish everyone was required to go to acting school for at least a year for n- not, I never thought of it as like confidence training, but the way I would put it is like to how to be an effective person. Yeah. And you speak and how can you move and how can you communicate? These are skills that we all take for granted, but nobody, if somebody doesn't take the time to explain what good communication is, we're not learning it and practicing right. it. Totally. And when did you start getting into like movement and Pilates and that whole realm? So that's a different story of confidence in my life. I historically had no physical confidence, mm. uh, which is, yeah, I can, it's, that's like a different thread in this tapestry of my life. So I was a, a very severely asthmatic child, um, hospitalized regularly at least once a year, oh, wow. um, like near life-threatening issues. Um, and so uh, I have slowly been growing out of that level of um, of asthma. And so at this point, I, I barely identify as even being an asthmatic. Um, but so ever since I was really little, it was actually potentially dangerous for me to run around. Um, so I started, I think, unconsciously associating physical activity with something fearful and definitely something shameful. So I remember, you know, early memories of like track and field days were like nightmares. That's a place where like talk about no confidence. And I would even, um, I was always like a pretty goody two shoes, still am, (laughs) but, um, I, you know, I was not the type of kid to lie to my parents or try to wheedle out of going to school or something, but boy, those track days, I would do anything to just miss them. And, um, and I hated sports and I didn't feel, I I just felt like I, I, in reflection now I'll often be like, oh, I kind of, I think what I did during those kind of middle school, vulnerable middle school times was separate in my mind that you either were creative and artistic or you were athletic and, um, you know, sporty. Right. And, and so I was so like, Oh, thank God I'm artistic. Thank God I'm performance oriented and have that because then I can put my worthiness into that. And that's where I shine, but boy, I'm just going to put aside this physical work. And, you know, now even just talking about it, I'm like, Oh, but I was on the, the middle school softball team and I loved it. But I did not have confidence there, not the way that I did when I would get on stage. Um, and, you know, my dad would play sports with us with us growing up, and that was, I always enjoyed it. So I can see that I had a love of physical movement, but I really separated those things in my mind. So by the time I was in high school, I was like not at all, not doing anything physical. I mean, forget like exercise or any movement kind of stuff. I was so like, I'm an artist. This is what I do. I'm hanging out with all the artist people and we do make art. And I really kind of abandoned my physical body all through high school. And then it was a huge revelation for me in college when my freshman year movement teacher, who I adored. I mean, I found myself going to, you know, to Emerson College. It's like true performance art college. I was like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. We're like talking about moving like animals and just exploring the space and all this stuff that was in my mind. So like movement class, oh great, but it's an art movement. So I'm not, I didn't associate at all like, oh, this is going to be something involving physicality. So you didn't feel, um, 
you didn't feel self-conscious or uh, or nervous or scared about that type of movement because it was associated with this art form that you love so much. Exactly. And I see now how like that was the universe was guiding me to a very important point in helping me meet this teacher who was like, you know, I was getting my like mid-year review and she was like, hey, you know, gosh, I love having you in my class. You're so clearly love to participate and move. And you're so, you know, just like really a glowing review. I was getting an A in the class, all this great stuff. And she was like, but, you know, at the end of the review, one, you know, one thing that I think might be worth thinking about, Juliana, is that, um, you know, you're not in great shape. And I was always very slender. So in my mind, that's kind of was all that was really important as far as being a potentially successful actor is that I needed to look a certain mm. way, not that I needed to be a certain level of health or right. fitness it did not occur to me. So, you know, she was telling me I was out of shape, but in my mind, like, I'm, I'm like a skinny, I look good. Like what, what, you know? And she was like, well, you know, I mean, it's like she could... <laughs> Now, having been a Pilates teacher for 10 years, I can see with the eyes that I'm sure she must have seen this young person, 17-year-old person, who had never intentionally exercised their body. And um, I think she saw, like, my future if I didn't start doing it and how I would hunch and how I wouldn't have a supported posture. And, you know, she's like, what you really have as an actor is your voice and your body. So, you know, I might recommend you start looking into some kind of physical practices to gain some strength. And I, I mean, I could tell that she'd hit like with an anvil on something in my heart that was like, <gasps> I am not, I, I mean, I started tearing up and I was like, if you tell me that I have to go to the gym in order to be a successful actor or artist, I, I, I'm going to quit college. I'm going to drop out. I'm, wow. this is horrible. like, and she could tell, she was like, Oh, I can tell I've hit a nerve here. And I didn't even know that nerve was so raw in me until that moment. Um, and she, and that's when she was like, okay, well, don't worry. You don't have to go to the gym to be a good actor. Like, but have you ever heard of Pilates? And I never had. So I was like, no, what's that? And she was like, well, it's exercise, but you can mostly do it laying down. And that's when I was like, okay, well, tell me more. And it was strictly out of a desire to please this teacher who I loved that I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll look into this. But now in hindsight, that started a journey that has brought me all the way to where I am now. I didn't just jump into Pilates and fall in love and love it, but it was the first seedling of like, oh, I do have a body that's gonna need to come with this spirit of mine into being an actor and I, I do want to take care of it and I do want to listen to what this intelligent person has to offer me so that started my road and that like that fear around physical movement all stemmed from being I mean being scared that you could potentially die is that what I'm hearing well that's that that's I think like the deep psychological route and then having never really um you know, having that as like a little fear growing up as a little kid, I never fully jumped into sports and exercise with like an abandon that I did with this, these artistic um, influences. So I think I, because I never tended to that area of my life, I just lost confidence more and more and more over time. So it's almost like it was just like, because you weren't doing it, you just got, you grew further and further away from it. And okay, 
That's, yeah. that's so interesting. So, so you started moving, you started, did you start taking a Pilates class or what, what, what happened next? I did. It was like a kind of a pitter patter, like little splats of, of attempts. So I, I'm sure I took a Pilates class. I'd love to say that I have some real sharp memory of the first Pilates yeah. class I ever took. I don't. Um, I tried it and you know, I was also like 17 and in college and broke. And so I was definitely not going to start like a regular Pilates practice, but I tried it. And then I remember like going with my boyfriend at the time to the, the, college gym, despite the fact that I said I never would, you know, and gave it a shot, but I, I didn't love it. And I, I kind of, um, at that point too, had, uh, like many women was struggling to, to, um, you know, it was hard for me to not associate going to the gym with wanting to look a certain way or get skinnier or more toned or something. So, uh, you know, I kind of couldn't, it was hard for me to, what am I trying to say? It was like, um, there was definitely feelings of shame too, that I was bringing towards starting a movement practice mm-hmm. instead of, you know, I already had this lack of confidence in that area. And then also feeling like, okay, but this the reason that we work out is to look a certain way, I guess. And so just kind of all snarled up confusion about like, why, why would anybody want to work out? It just makes me feel bad about myself. And I, you know, that was a place that I really, no one had, now that we're talking about it, like fostered that kind of physical confidence in me right. until that movement teacher. So how did you get through that feeling of like self-consciousness and like not feeling good about moving? You just kept doing it and eventually that feeling went away or you just like, were like, I'm not going to the gym. I'm only going to move in Pilates or I'm just wondering when that like, wh- if, I mean, maybe, maybe there wasn't a switch that was flipped. Maybe it was just gradually over time gaining confidence. It was definitely gradual. Um, I, it, that was like the first ping on my radar was that I had to start trying things. And then it was probably, you know, all of college. And then a few years after that, I was just dabbling. And, and with that dabbling, you know, again, in hindsight came that the, these little increases of confidence. So it was like, okay, I, I didn't jump full into, you know, working out or something, but I tried it. And then I continued to love my movement practice in, as it related to theater and then, um, continued on and just in general started kind of noticing maybe after college, like, oh gosh, I'm a little more responsible for myself fully. So maybe, mm, maybe it'll occur to me to start trying to eat a little healthier. Cause, oh, that's a thing. And, oh, maybe, you know, I, here I am, I've moved to New York now. I'm going to be an actor. Part of being a responsible adult is like also getting your workout in. So that's when I, but Pilates was the only thing that I had found that kind of, you know, I really, it was a, I would force myself to go to that gym and it would feel pretty uncomfortable every time. So once I moved to New York, I, I found a local Pilates studio nearby and then I just kind of kept dipping into it and dipping into it. And then over time, I guess I did start enjoying it and making it a regular habit, but it wasn't until I had a real, like come to Jesus moment of, Oh man, I don't want to actually be a professional actor. That was a big low in my life. Yeah. Can you speak on that a little bit? Sure. So you know, uh, kind of my history here was that I just loved, I loved moving and learning to speak and move authentically and learning to communicate and learning to really 
listen to another person. This was the stuff that was like so exciting to me about theater, using a stage as a way for people to come and, and show an audience about what it means to be really present, to talk about issues that are uncomfortable. Um, these are like the things that really jonesed me about acting. So I knew by the end of college that I was not super prepared to go into the professional world of acting, mainly because it didn't interest me that much. Um, you know, I wanted to be doing like experimental puppet shows and like, uh, you know, performing pieces that I knew people weren't that interested in. Um, I wasn't excited to be in movies or commercials or something like that that much. So I had a little, that was holding maybe two things in my mind as I graduated college. Like, part of me was like, well, I just, this is all I know and right. it's all I so like, I definitely have to pursue this or I'm going to let everyone down because this is what I said I was going to pursue. But there was always another voice that was like, but what are you doing? I don't know that this is what you like. Like as far as the lifestyle of being an actor, really it became pretty clear pretty quickly that it did not gel with the things that I really like. I'm, um, I like a lot of consistency. I'm a very habit-based person. Um, I like routine. I, um, so it was kind of becoming clear to me even early in my time in New York of like pursuing acting. But um, there really came a moment that I can recall of being in a callback for a T-Mobile commercial, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, between, it would have been whittled down to me and one other person. And it would have been like, a probably would have paid my rent for the year. It would have been a really big gig for me. And I, I just remember like sitting in that callback just feeling, just speaking the cruelest things to myself. I was like, man, you know, like I had mispronounced a word before in the audition and I was just like being so cruel to myself. Like, God, you're so stupid. How could you fucking do that? And then looking at this other woman and being like, she's so much more beautiful than me. She's so much more dynamic than me. And then, and then also like, fuck her. I bet she's this or that. And I just, it was like, I pulled out and saw myself from way above and was like, oh, this is so far away from anything that acting was ever about for my little spirit that it something's got to change right now, Juliana. It's got to change right now. So you got to just stop. You're not going to go out for a single other audition. You're just going to drop off that entirely, get a waitressing job, and figure out what the heck. And so that's what I did. But I was truly like, oh, man, I have no skill set. I only know how to act. I've decided I know that I can't pursue it in this way. This is not right for me, but I, I really did not have any other idea what to pursue. And I was, um, you know, kind of managing this restaurant and doing that and seeing like, well, shit, I know I don't want to manage restaurants. This isn't pinging that either. And I remember taking a trip home at the time, uh, back to Oregon to like visit my parents and, you know, was like, gosh, I, I, I know I need a change, but I don't know what it is. I have no other marketable skills. What do I do? And my dad was like, well, haven't you been doing Pilates for quite a few years? And it's like I could have spit a glass of water in his face. Like, I was so like, what are you talking about, dad? Like, yeah, I've done some Pilates, but like, what the fuck? What the actual hell? Like, yeah. I no part of my identity wrapped up in that. I'm so confused why you would even, like, of all the things that I spend my time doing, like Pilates. But then I just couldn't come up with anything better to like follow down. I yeah. was like, well, I guess I have. And that kind of brings us, gosh, 
you're helping me discover all kinds of things about my confidence journey. <laughs> yes, I love this. But so I, I mean, I truly was like, fuck, I just don't have any other ideas. I don't have any other ideas. I don't want to manage this bar and I don't want to just slide into bar culture in New York. I was right. like, that's great for me either. And so if I'm giving up this thing about acting and I'm, no, I don't want to do this bartending thing. Like I truly just have no other idea about what I've ever even done. I mean, I had worked in a tea shop for many years uh, in college, which was delightful, mm -hmm. but um, you know, I knew I didn't want to work in food service my whole, my whole life. So it really was just like a fuck that dad, that was such a stupid suggestion, but I guess I don't, I'm so kind of down and have no other idea. So I remember going back from that trip and just Googling. I mean, and that took confidence for sure to sit down in front of my computer and Google what's the best Pilates certification in New York City? And just feeling like such an imposter, even typing that in. How dare you look into Pilates certifications? You've taken maybe one Pilates class a week for the last couple of years and you think you're gonna pursue this? What the fuck? Like, what can you attribute like that confidence that, I mean that, what can you attribute Googling this this big thing this new thing that confidence what can you attribute that to just like not having any anything else or like say yeah two part desperation yeah true desperation and having no other idea about what to do and I want to maybe go back to that idea of worthiness or self-love that was a voice in my ear saying we got to find something else mm -hmm. we know we're not settle for this this these things that aren't it they're not it and you got to be brave girl you got to be brave you don't know what it is and yeah I get it it's probably not Pilates that would that does sound really stupid to me too said the inner voice but like we know we can't just say this is it I'm gonna just give my life over and my time over to these jobs that I know are not fulfilling me at all so there was like a sense of and I wouldn't have thought of that at the time, of course, but there's a, a sense in me of like, I deserve to try for something that's gonna make me feel more like I'm contributing in this world in a way that I want to. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was like, well, I, you know, and also just like, I'm young, I can't, should I really settle for this? You know, no. Um, so, but also, yeah, so desperation, but with this little burning fire inside of like, but you do have something to offer. We don't know, I guess we haven't found what it is, but there, you do have something to offer. So then, you know, I, I looked into different certifications and I, I, it did require a lot of bravery to go and try classes at all these various studios. And I was like, I'm just gonna go like completely incognito. I'm not gonna tell them that I'm thinking of certifying or anything, God forbid. And then I just went with the one that I had had a warm feeling. I took a class with a, a, a man named Dan Weltner, I think. I'm pretty sure that's his name. I definitely know his name is Dan, but, I can't remember <laughs> but he is like, he was older. He was probably in his forties at the time that I was taking the class and he was so welcoming and kind and funny. And he called us all dancers, my beautiful dancers. We were just taking his Pilates class and he's like swanning about the room, just instilling all, just like pouring love and confidence onto us women who were in his class. And I felt so like, I laughed. I, he was obviously from a musical theater background, performance background. He 
was enjoying himself. And that was the first class that I took at the studio that I ultimately ended up certifying at. So I was given this sense of like, oh, there's like a little element of this theatrical home that I'm familiar with and like. Um, I got to feel very like not called out and a sense of fun. And so, and, and then they also were one of the studios that offered a shorter certification. So being a bit practically minded that I am, I was like, well, this is not as much of a financial investment or a time investment. I can just go and get this short mat certification and see if I'm just completely barking up the wrong tree here. Mm-hmm. And then, so I signed up for that certification. I, and within the first day of the first class, well, you know, we had to, I was going in a little, a, a little confident, we'll say from my, um, and I credit that to my, uh, my acting training. I was like, you know what, these are a whole bunch of people that maybe they're like in better shape than me. I just assumed they were, but they don't know how to get up and stand up in front of a whole bunch of people and talk. And that's something I'm pretty confident doing. And I know that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. So I was like, yeah, I got this. Like, you're going to have, we're going to have to stand up and say something. No problem. So I'm walking in like, boop, boop. And then one of the very first things we had to do was that we learned how to teach the hundred. So, you know, you have, you lay a person down and then you talk them through how to move into the exercise. And I'm sitting there watching everyone and kind of thinking like, I got this, you know, cool. And then I stand up and it was like, it was like my first time on stage ever. I was so nervous. And I mean, I got through it, but I sat down and was like, oh, there's something there. Like, what was that? Why was that so different, but also so present and so alive? There was something very different about being responsible for this other person just laying on the floor in front of me and feeling a bit like a puppet master. Like I tell them to move their leg and then they move their leg. Oh God, well, I better tell them the right thing or else they might hurt their back or they might be sitting in a weird position in a place that not okay but I knew I had that spark of like oh there is something I am attracted to this this is interesting so keep following it down and then I just I mean I was I killed it in that course I'm I was a really 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 good student because I was excited about it but then immediately got hit by the end with a huge um moment of doubt self-doubt and I so I had gotten my certification and I'd gotten my feedback um, on my final test out and I'd gotten rave reviews. And I, and my teacher was like, man, it had written a note on my thing saying, girl, like you're, this is obviously a calling for you. Um, We would love to have you in our full certification. You know, if it's something that's interesting to you, you know, we, I really encourage you to apply. And I, it like, it meant so much to me to get that feedback. I was so proud of the work that I had done, but I walked up to that teacher with tears in my eyes being like, I, I'm so honored that you think that I could do this, but I can't do a, I can't physically do a roll up. And so I have no business being a teacher. I can't, that I'm embarrassed. I couldn't, I'm embarrassed of myself and my physical weakness. And I don't, I don't think I have any business, like maybe in a couple of years when I've worked out more and I've worked out harder and I'm stronger, like then I could be ready for that. And she said something that's always stuck with me, which is that, you know, she's like, look, I I get what you're saying, but first off, you take this certification, you're going to get your ass whooped into some really good shape. So that's just going to happen. And, um, frankly, you need to start decorrelating your physical ability with whether or not you're going to be any kind of a good teacher. Um, because 
you know, Olympic trainers don't need to know, don't need to be able to physically do a triple or quadruple axle, but they need to be able to help someone else figure out how to do it for their body and instill the confidence and understanding in themselves to be able to do it. And that is a skill that I see you having. And that was like very, I, I was kind of stunned in my tracks and humbled and was like, oh, well, that, and that gave me the confidence to go ahead and sign up for that certification, even though I felt like I had no business signing up. I had no confidence. I was so embarrassed about how weak I thought I was. Um, but that sense, and again, that little inner voice in me saying, look, girl, this, you did exceed at this. You did get excited by this. You're not allowed to turn away because you're scared. I, I hear you speak a little bit about like community when you're talking like like getting feedback from your instructor or like being responsible for another person's body. Does community and being a part of that or like this group mentality give you any confidence or did it like did it attribute to that building confidence? I mean, I think it must. Yeah. Um, yeah, as we're talking about it, there were kind of key players saying, I see something in you and I'm, I'm going to help bolster it. Yeah. I've, I, the more I'm talking to people, I talked to one person who was kind of talking the opposite about how he had like a bad basketball coach who like didn't instill this, this confidence in him and how that really like put him on a path, put him on like a negative path. And so I hear you talk about like these amazing teachers and I, you being my Pilates teacher, I feel the same way about you and how having these, I don't know if, 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 if it's a role model or if it's just like a sense of community, it's probably all of it, but how that in turn helps me and it sounds like you and other people to have confidence having these amazing teachers and role models in, in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and always being curious and looking for them. Yes. You know, and, and I, I was, and I, 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 and I often, it's not always women, but I almost always am looking towards, you know, who, who is, who's my elder, who has something to teach me and offer me and guide me. I've uh, been, you know, journal writing for years and I always have, you know, prayed in my journal throughout the years of like, I need a mentor. I need a guide. I'm looking for, you know, people to, to point me in my direction. So even just knowing to ask for that yeah. makes you able to see it when it comes along, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when did you decide to take the next step into like start your own business? And, and, and how did that make you feel? Well, it's interesting as we're talking, right? It's like confidence always comes with its counterpoint, totally. you know, with, with the lack of confidence. So, um, I was, so this particular woman who gave me that um, metaphor of the Olympic instructor ended up being a mentor of mine through my entire Pilates certification, along with three or four other very significant women, all of whom, in my mind, were just confident badasses. Mm -hmm. And being, for sure, that's when my, I identify with becoming a part of a community that helped instill this confidence in me. So being welcomed in at Core Pilates um, 
with those, it, it was two women who owned the business and like five women who ran the certification program and getting in with them and feeling like a, a young little noob, but then kind of growing up through the ranks of them and being welcomed into them and then eventually being asked to join their teacher training staff, it for sure built confidence in me. And, um, and just being like, wow, they see me as a peer. These, so gosh, there's something about me that they must recognize or that, that I must share about these attributes with them. So I, I came out of, of working at Core Pilates, definitely a, a, a much more confident Pilates teacher. But I will say, I wanna say at least the first year of teaching, this, this uh, Pilates studio was on the ninth floor and I would get into the elevator and just like have to be like, oh, a major talk down. I was so nervous every every day coming to work to teach. Wow. Um, but I could tell for me, nervousness correlates to to giving a shit to a certain extent. So I knew that being that nervous meant that I cared, meant that I cared to succeed at it, meant that I did want to impress people and for reasons that felt exciting and legitimate to me, not um, not just wanting to please. Um, there was a sense of like, this is something I'm good at and and want to prove that I can be good at and keep showing up for and keep learning. So it, it's like always the coin of humility and confidence of like, I knew I had a lot more to learn. I knew I wasn't, you know, the shit, but I was doing good. Mm -hmm. And I was proud mm -hmm. of where I was at. Um, so, you know, I taught there for over five years. So then I was feeling like, okay, I'm part of the senior staff there, feeling pretty confident. And then, then it was time, then we'd made the decision to move to Los Angeles and it, it wasn't until then that it, I mean, I don't think it would have occurred to me to try to open my own studio in New York, just logistically way too complicated. And you'll have to excuse me. I have a, a someone, someone down here who's trying to participate with me. Oh, Tuba! Look! He officially had it with me ignoring him all oh, morning. Oh, he's such a love. <laughs> but um, let's see. So, uh, oh gosh. Where was I with that? The, um, oh, so confidence in opening my own business. So one part of it was that Core offered to, to have me open Core West. So, and that I was like, wow. So they really much must, must believe in me if they're down to put their name that they've worked so hard to build. Um, and, and of course they knew that they stood to make money through that too. And I, that was like, oh, so they think they can make money through me well, shit, maybe I could just make money through me. And it was interesting because it actually, I was not confident enough to take them up on that offer. But I also had, again, that little internal thing telling me like, I just don't think it's right. Like, I don't think it's right, not just because you're afraid of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's quite the thing. And so I, I, I had to, in hindsight, I mean, I knew I had to build Treehouse really slowly. So Treehouse being the name of my studio, of course. And... Um, and I knew I needed to take pressure off of myself because I do like to, again, I, I like to move kind of slowly. I, I didn't have this like burst of confidence, like, yeah, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fucking rent a space and open it up and kill the game. But I did have this sense of like, I'm a good teacher and I know that, and I've gotten feedback from that. And my community out in New York has told me that. And, um, so I'm going to go with this, this dual confidence, non-confidence. Like I have no idea if I will succeed at opening a studio. Really, really, really did not know if that was going to work, but I did have a lot of confidence in I can get a job at the best studios in LA. 
and I will be a valued um, employee there. So I did kind of go out into the Pilates world here in LA pretty confidently right away with my resumes. I went to uh, any of the classical studios that I could find and I got jobs at all of them right away. So that was, you know, helping bolster my confidence and being like, oh yeah, I got this. So then I was like, okay, so I'm employable out here clearly. So then I knew, okay, well, I'm going to just keep doing that so that I don't have to rely on my own business to pay my bills. And I knew I was going to have to build it up really gently and slowly, or else I was going to scare myself away from it. So then I did. I, I'd already learned in New York that I liked working in the morning. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to work any of these LA gigs except at night. So that as I start building my own clientele, I can start putting them in my morning hours. Mm-hmm. And then just went really slowly. And I and I definitely, you spoke about community. I brought a community of people around me. My two best girlfriends helped me a lot with like just sitting by my side while I looked into signing up for Mind Body or any kind of online platform. One of my best girlfriends helped me um, set up my website, the stuff where I'm really not confident as a business owner. Um, uh, you know, I, I just looked for help everywhere I could. I asked my friend who's a photographer to help me do my, um, promo stuff. I find it, sorry for interrupting. Do you find it hard to ask for help or are you pretty, do you feel pretty comfortable doing that? I feel pretty comfortable doing it. And that's something I'm pretty grateful for. Um, not necessarily folks I don't know very well, but the three people I just mentioned were one of them's my best friend from middle school, the other one from college, and the other one from like early times in New York. So we developed a, a real closeness. And no, it's something that people who know me often comment on actually like, wow, it's pretty cool how you don't have, you know, you're pretty willing to just ask. Yeah, I think that's very cool. And like, um, I think it probably has to do with like, you just have such a great communication style too. And like learning, learning that about yourself. I feel like you're just such a great communicator. But I do know that some people do struggle with asking for help. I, I am pretty good about it, and it sounds like you are too, but I know that's something that some people um, struggle with. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So you started slowly building this this client base in this business, and it sounds like your confidence through as a through line is like patient and thoughtful. And actually, those are two words that I would use to describe you too, is like, you're very like thoughtful and articulate with your words and your actions. And I think that sometimes when I think of confidence, those aren't always words that I um, associate confidence with. I sometimes I'm like, oh, confidence is bold and, and verbose and it's, um, you know, it's in your face, but I don't, I'm learning that that's not necessarily true. Um, and I, I wouldn't have thought about it that way if I hadn't have talked to you like this. I love that. Yeah. Because I, I actually, from chuckling now, cause I was intending on starting this in- interview by asking you what your definition of confidence is so that we can even be on the same page with that. What yeah. does that word mean? And so you've kind of spoken to that a little bit just now, like, and I do tend to think of it as more of this bold verbose or something that you're talking about, which is not so much how I identify myself, but you know, when really thinking about, well, what is, do I seem confident and do I act confidently? Yes. But it's not in this kind of maybe more stereotypical way. Yeah. And that's something that I'm learning throughout this. And I just, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of that before. Um, How has, so you're an artist as well. How has art or has it at all helped you with confidence? Hmm. Well, it's, 
one of the ways that I build a relationship with myself. Yes. And that anytime I've spoken about that little internal voice, that is that voice is able to speak to me because I've built a relationship to it. That's so important. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, writing, writing in my journal or painting or any of those, uh, all the crafting that I do is all a way to kind of get in touch and remind myself, what are my preferences? Yes. What do I, what am I drawn to? And, um, and teaching for me, I've over the last couple of years, and now in hindsight, I realize it's the main way I've interacted with art making is that I am deeply interested in art as process. So I don't, I'm not, I'm no longer attached to the outcome of what I'm making. And so I do strictly use it as a way to get interested in what do I bump up against in myself when I'm, you know, truly having a dialogue with myself when I, here I am with a painting and I lay something down and I immediately either have, you know, maybe my critic wants to come in and say something, maybe whatever, it's not good enough, but then I get to really stop and say, well, well, okay, but what do I really think? And how can I just keep moving through discomfort or self-judgment um, to kind of find what's next or what's more interesting or where, you know, you spoke about, yeah, you said something about non-attachment and I, my therapist had sent me, um, a link to an article and it was like seven, seven habits or something to, for, to cultivate confidence. And one of them was non-attachment. And that's something that, that I absolutely struggle with. I, I have an outcome in my head and if it's, if it doesn't turn out that way, I am uncomfortable or disappointed or, or something like that. And I, I think that's one of the things that I would love to develop more of is this like, what did I just call it? Non-attachment. Non-attachment. Yeah. How did you develop that just through time and art? Uh, yes. But also through a lot of intentional cultivation over the last couple of years, for sure. Um, gosh, what, how to speak directly to non-attachment. Um, I mean, there might not be an answer for this, but I, oh, I, I think there's, there's something to do with mindfulness in there, you yes, know, like yes. something to do with, um, accepting things as they are. And, and maybe that goes back to what I was talking about initially being excited about acting work is about being present and being present requires intense amounts of vulnerability, intense amounts of courage, and for sure, no attachment on what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, that's true. So, Being present is like, is sort of the answer to this non-attachment thing. Because if you're so present in the current moment, you're not thinking about the end result. Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't thought about it like that. Um, and definitely like intentionally cultivated, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Like um, my tolerance for discomfort in general. So I think I spent a good portion of my life trying to think of um, what I call like tool, 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 my tool belt, which I think is great. And I'm not like, um, you know, developing a physical practice, developing an artistic practice, developing a journaling practice. These are all resources that help me build my resilience. And I think when I first started building those resources, I had maybe an unconscious belief that they could spare me from discomfort or were the answer to get away from it. And now I'm realizing like the real gift in cultivating them is that of course uh, 
I will never escape discomfort, pain, anguish. Being a human is going to come with that. But these tools have, have given me resilience to just experience and accept whatever it is that's going on. And, you know, and that to me is speaking directly to mindfulness, which then does, does speak to non-attachment, like a knowledge that things come and they go. Yes, that's, that's, you're not the first person who's, who's kind of touched on learning to be, learning to be comfortable, learning to be comfortable in discomfort. Um, yeah. So how, you spoke a little bit about like habit and routine. Um, do you find that having those things aids in this ability to be confident and comfortable in, in discomfort? Absolutely. They're the essential tools for me to have gotten me there. Okay. So can you, what are some of like your routines or your daily habits? Yeah. So, uh, for at least maybe almost the last, well, it's only been probably a year and a half, this new habit of mine of um, writing every morning. But this comes from Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, which I did 10 years ago. So then I did a spate of journaling then, and uh, but then put it aside. I never like picked that, I did not pick that practice up at the time, but I see now that I like, you know, planted a little seedling. And so now I've taken up that practice. So for me now I get up early, and I always start with three pages of writing. I also always make a delicious cup of tea. Um, and then it's time to work and I get to work. And then after, at some point in my work day, I have a break. And that's when I slide in my first, usually I usually do one meditation a day. So then I'll do a 20 minute meditation in my break. Um, and then I have also taken a course that I just can't recommend enough for, um, I mean, confidence to me is not as exciting of a word as resilience. Mm -hmm. So while, you know, I'm, I take certain pride in my confidence or something like that, and I see how it has served me, um, to me, cultivating resilience is what's really gets me jazzed. So I took a course called the Resilience Toolkit, and um, they talk about different, very, uh, Le simple logistical ways to de-stress. So I do some of those de-stressing exercises every day too. Um, and then of course I have my own physical practice. So I inevitably do Pilates or yoga or dance or something every day. Um, but I've also learned in developing all of these habits that I, I had to develop them in tandem with compassion because mm. if I'm not careful, I can use these habits as a way to flagellate myself and be cruel. And I somehow was able to have been getting better and better at letting that go and realizing that, um, you know, oh, I'm reading Brene Brown's amazing book right now, The Gifts of Imperfection. And she gives this great metaphor of like, this kind of work of developing confidence or resilience or, um, you know, self-care or deepening your relationship to yourself, these are not things that we achieve, period, you know, and then check it off your list and you're done. Now I'm a confident, resilient person and it's over. These are lifelong practices 
And to sustain lifelong practices, they have to be something that I want to keep coming back to. So she used this metaphor of like this, this work of wholeheartedness as being the North Star and you're following the North Star. You're not expecting to actually stand on that star or get there, but you have a sense that you're moving the right direction. And that's what I've started to learn these practices are about. They're, they're things that are helpful along the way. There, there are times when I need to look to some of them. There are times when I'll abandon others, but just to keep um, flexible and curious and present. I love that. Well, I have been writing down, um, taking notes on what Juliana's list of confidence, list to be confident, we'll call it. Um, so I'm going to read it back to you. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay. Worthiness, capability, vulnerability, time, uncover what you truly love and what you truly don't, listen to your authentic self, practice self-love, surround yourself with a good community and teachers, know when to ask for what you need, look for mentors, don't let nerves discourage you but remind you that you care, listen to your intuition, experience, lean on community for help, confidence, uh, let's see, oh, confidence can be patient and thoughtful, build a relationship mm -hmm. with yourself to know your preferences, Move through discomfort, be present, journal, have a physical practice, cultivate resilience, and be compassionate for yourself. Whew. Well, it all sounds like great advice, but maybe a little overwhelming. No, this is great. Um, it does. I, I think, mean, gosh, it's not, I'm like, well, I just sound like I've got some good ideas here. You do. Um, I think the one, actually, I think there's, I think the three big takeaways I took from this, the one that kind of like hit me over the head was that confidence can be patient and thoughtful. Like that is, I did not think of it like that until we had this conversation. I also think like cultivating resilience is, I just like that wording because like I, I have thought of that before, but not worded in that way. And I think wording is really important when you're thinking about these things. And then as always, you know, being compassionate towards yourself um, is something that I need to remind myself of because I, like you, have a tendency to, like, use – I can use tools against me, um, like checking in for my meditation on the app that we use, Habit Share, and be, using that to be like, oh, you're bad. You're a bad meditator because you didn't do it or, or what have you. So, like, just remembering to have compassion for yourself and that this is a process and it's a journey and it's not – it's it shouldn't be results oriented, but instead, just a, a life a lifetime of learning and being curious. Um, thank you so much for doing this with me. Um, thank you. I must say, it took a little bit of confidence to come and be interviewed about confidence. Did it? So, oh yeah. I was like, oh geez, I don't know what I'm gonna say or. You know, I, I did. I had already read your list of questions and wasn't so sure if I had answers to some of them. But um, I think, you know, um, feeling a comfortability with you and a desire to be in community, like you said, yeah. is uh, you you're you displayed a confidence in asking this of me, and so that bolstered my ability to respond with a confident answer. Of I yes, love that. I love that. That makes me so happy. Um, 
Well, thanks again. And uh, I look forward to taking a Pilates class from you later on this week. <laughs> I look forward to having you in that class. This has been a lot of fun. Good. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I'd love to hear from listeners about things that have helped you build your confidence, whether that's a mantra, a routine, maybe a favorite book or an event that you went through. Leave it in the review section. Or if you have a question regarding confidence that you'd love to hear discussed on this podcast, you can leave that in the review section as well and I'll check it out. Thanks again.